the Good Doctrine Podcast, where we believe, we know, we know that good doctrine establishes good living. I'm Sean Pasley. And I'm Josh Howard. Today is episode number 18 of the Good Doctrine Podcast. Today we're going to be uh, following up on something we talked about last week. Um, last week we started to mention stuff to do with missions trips. Started. Um, yeah, started to. We were talking about events, but it kind of started to spill over into missions. So what we're going to do is today preemptively discuss this. We don't have John Michael with us today. John Michael having extensive experience with missions. I'm hoping that us doing this uh, this first missions episode will uh, guilt him into coming well, and joining I think, us. I think the second episode that we do with mission work is his him telling us why we're dumb and wrong. Probably. And... <laughs> this, the first one will be our thoughts. The second will be like him arguing with our yes. thoughts, and it'll be good. Um, it's cold. It is negative 20 degrees in this podcast room. Yeah. We don't have the video up and running, so... <laughs> you can't see our breath. <laughs> so you can't, yeah, exactly. can't see the big old You keep mentioning or... this video. I don't know how this is going to happen, but if you, it might. I, I'm hoping it's one of those, like, you know, name it and claim it type things. If I just keep saying <laughs> people, it, People might happen. see my whiteboard and judge me. That's right. Um, well, speaking of, though, speaking of the intro material, uh, there's there's one podcast... Um, that we've we've listened to that has a like rock and roll heavy metal remix of a hymn as their mm. intro music. If anyone's listening and you happen to just make semi-professional hard rock music in your spare time, <laughs> maybe you have a professional recording studio set up in your basement, that type of thing, um, holler at us, especially if you want to do it for free or very little money, and we would love that intro music. It, you would love that intro music. I would love that intro music. I'm, I'm more of a. You like the snare drum? The uh, yeah, the march. <laughs> yeah, if it can up. sound like a you know a Russian march, we'll do that too. A Russian march. All right, go on missions. <laughs> okay, um, so just talking about missions. Uh, missions is something that most churches talk about, and and our church talks about a great deal. We use the word a lot. The word becomes really ill-defined a lot of times. Uh, a lot like, of times, kind of like gospel and exactly, yeah. Every church is, you know, we have gospel programs and gospel-centered preaching and and gospel, um, gospel-flavored coffee and you know what else you <laughs> you know what really I mean good. though. Like you, you keep using these terms, they they get applied everywhere. Yeah. And missions is kind of one of those. So um, if you had to define missions. Oh, you always ask me. No, you Sean, define missions. What would we define missions as? How do we see missions defined in Scripture? How do we define it with our church? We typically take people to the Great Commission yeah. passage. Well, I mean, it's it's missions is generally defined as evangelism, is is far-reaching evangelism, gospel proclamation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe I mean to people who have not heard the gospel before or have previously rejected the gospel. I guess. Yeah. I mean, and it's in broad it, in its broadest sense. The, the end goal is, or, or the, the goal of a missionary is to proclaim the gospel, to tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so proclaim the gospel. You said missionary. Sure. Um, so so, so we're, we're already thinking like missions is carried out by missionaries. Sure. Um, it's, you mentioned faraway lands. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Usually when we think about missions, people draw up in their head the idea of a foreign missionary who is going to a faraway oh, yeah. land to share the gospel with those who have not heard. Yeah, you said, what do we normally think of? And that's what we think of. I mean, right. in our particular context, we have um, mission work that's happening in, you know, Latin American countries. Right. So we mentioned, you know, John Michael Poulin right now. He's the... Um, he he's the missionary over Latin America, all Latin American missions in the BMA. So missions coordinator over missions those, coordinator, those yeah. Mission so efforts. we think about 
you know, a lot we think about Peru and Guatemala and, you know, Costa Rica and all these different places in, in Latin American countries, um, foreign mission fields, you know. Yeah. So when you think about like like for example, you mentioned South America. We've gotten we've got to go um, our church has, has had the opportunity of partnering with missionaries and we've been out in the jungle in South America and literally taking the gospel to people who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it was so exciting and so amazing to see. Um, most people would say, yes, that is missions work, right? Yeah. I, but what is it? Pretty what, what is it in general past that? Um, what does it look like when we do missions work in America? What, do we, what does it look like when we do missions work? Can you do missions work in an area where you the gospel is already been You answer that yourself. You answer that yourself. What Can do you answer you, that myself? Yeah. What does it look like, Josh Howard, when we uh, do missions work in the United States? Because I've said gospel proclamation. Okay. Some <laughs> churches, some churches have little signs on their parking lot when you're leaving the parking lot that says you are entering the mission field. Right. Which I've always thought was really neat because it kind of puts you like, yes, I'm going. Um, is that the mission field? Is is everything asking, a mission field? You have to tell me. Let's go to one Bible passage just to begin with to get the ball rolling. Um, I mentioned the Great Commission, yes. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We're told this, Jesus came and said to them, All authority and in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So if your definition of missions was based off the Great Commission, then you might say that missions is not only gospel proclamation, but it's discipleship as yes, well. I think so. I think that I and this is just like I said, this is just me floating floating what I think is a good definition for missions. I think we're supposed to be going and making disciples. Now yeah. part of that making disciples means you will be evangelizing and spreading the gospel. Yeah. Um, if we're calling men and women to believe in Jesus Christ, to be made right with God, we're going to be proclaiming the gospel and calling them to respond to it. Yeah. That's evangelism. But you've also got the making disciples part. You know, when we were on the on the mission field, let's just take let's just take South America for a, for a moment or Peru since you mentioned it. So you're in the uh, you're in the foothills of the mountains down there, and you're reaching a tribe that has never heard the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, we probably would say it's not good missions efforts for you to go and share the gospel with them and, and then just to hightail it out of there. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and just leave the area. Most of the time you're going to think of them being gathered together into a local church body and growing as disciples of Jesus Christ, right? Right, right. So, yeah, I, I would think that's a good well, when kind we of look at definition. When, I know that when we speak about successful missionaries, you know, quote-unquote successful missionaries, you know, among the staff here, we always mention that it's— Mo- I mean, it's 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 tied to church planting always because I mean the 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 intention with church planting is not just going and sticking a building in Peru like you said it's making decide sharing the gospel seeing people come to salvation baptizing them in the name of the Father Son Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey so that's right. just that's that's the evangelism and discipleship that you know we talked about um, but which make disciples by the way let's point out is a command yes yes, yes. it's not just a this is a good thing to do. Like that's a command verb in the Greek. Jesus says, but you also will do this. You know, it's kind of a mul- it's a multiplication deal because you make disciples who make disciples, and so these you know these men and women who come to Christ in this area, whether it be you know Hernando or South Haven, Mississippi, or you know Ica Peru or whatever, that you you then have a more than you know a few believers in that area who gather and constitute a church. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned church planning, and, and I hope everybody remembers in their heads that when we talk about church planning, we're not talking about buildings. If buildings yeah, come, yeah. that's great. But like Calvary Baptist Church does not cease to exist if this building 
is not here tomorrow. Sure. Um, Calvary Baptist Church is the people who make up this local church body, whether we're meeting in this building or in a yard or whatever. Um, so when we talk about planting churches, what we're talking about is if we're leading people, uh, if we're spreading the gospel, God is saving men and women, um, calling them into a body of Christ, the body of Christ, Scripture says that they will meet together and function as a body because that's what Christians do. Yeah. Um, so it's just the natural a a, a uh, result of missions work should be we should see churches being planted. Yeah. Even if that church is just meeting in a barn or just meeting in someone's house or whatever it is, um, that those Christians are getting together. Because if the Christians aren't getting together, the, the gospel probably was not received in the first place. Yeah. So if missions is all that, and is that involved where, you know, because that might take years, that might take a lifetime or more than your lifetime. So like I might go and I might move to Kentucky, you know, with those godless heathens down up there. Wow. And um, <laughs> no, um, whoever is. Yeah. That one guy from Kentucky just <laughs> yeah. flipped this right no, off. No, anyway, this is problem. So I moved to to you know we go to Kentucky and we're going my intention is to to plan a church and to be a missionary in Kentucky um that might be a, an effort that takes you know 150 years it might last more than me so when we think about missions as more than just um gospel proclamation and also more than just discipleship um how do we come to terms with like what we consider or general or our churches talk about when they talk about mission trips? Like okay, we have yeah. we have short term what you know what we in the biz call short term mission trips, and uh, which those are like a week long deal where you go to a foreign country or you go to an area. And we talked about events and how sometimes those short term trips can be like you put on a VBS or you put on a block party or you put on. How do we how do we come to terms with? what our definition of missions should be based on, you know, the, the Great Commission in Scripture, mm-hmm. and then those things that we do and we call missions. Yeah, I think that's a good question because, you know, last week we were talking about the events and stuff like that. And So, for example, if there is someone who is working on the mission field, and let's just, let's just assume, again, this is somewhere far off and remote. Um, like Kentucky. Yeah, like no, I was still thinking of South America, but yeah, okay. So, so you've got let's just take Kentucky. So you've got somebody in Kentucky who's planting a church out in the middle of nowhere where there were no churches that were preaching the gospel. Um, so he, they they've planted a church out there. We're going to send a quote unquote missions team um, to go there. You're right that that term's kind of confusing because when you read about missions trips in the Bible, you're reading about like Paul. Um, who was taking trips that lasted years at a time and that resulted in him spending like, hey, I spent six months there and planted a church, and then I moved on to the next place and spent two years there and planted a church. Um, So it's different than than that. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but it does mean we need to define them. When we go do missions trips and they're short-term, and when I say a short-term mission trip, I'm talking about anything like... I would think less than a month long. Yeah. Um, typically, these are going to be like a week long, maybe two weeks at a stretch. Uh, but when you go do a short-term mission trip, you're going to help the mission. You're not going to oh, do yeah. the mission. That's yeah. just my take on it. You, meant, if you, you mentioned that a little you know, bit last week, uh, that you, you kind of use the example like, if let's say a, 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 a church and you're— you're going to do a short-term mission trip. You're going to Kentucky. You're going to help out another church who's who's a church plant there. You're going to free them up so that they can do the work of ministry. Yeah. Um, so you're helping their mission, which is the same mission. Anyway, keep using the word mission. It's going to... 
start blurring together yeah, like it does, like it always does. Yeah. yeah. But I think also when we do short-term mission trips, I think, and and this might be something that, you know, I'm sure somebody would disagree with my, with me thinking this way, but when I think of short-term mission trips, I think that the primary beneficiary, the, the, per, the, 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 the person or entity that benefits the most from a short-term mission trip is the church that sends the missions team. So so if our church gets together a group of 10 people and we send them to Kentucky, again, to this church plant to work for a week alongside that church planter, um, from what I have seen and experienced and talked to other church planters about, it is a a lot of work for the church planter. They have to schedule a whole lot of stuff to equip 10 people being in town for the week and to have things for them to do and to make sure that all the transportation and the housing and the fee, you know, food and all these different things going on. um, It's stressful for that church planner. We don't go in for one week and make his job as a church planner exponentially easier. Um, We don't leave that trip. Now, a lot of times they're encouraged. A lot of times it lifts the spirits of those church planners. A lot of times they're able to do an event, like you mentioned, VBS, that they wouldn't be able to normally do. So it's a help to them, and we always want to make sure it's a help to them. But the biggest beneficiary, I think, is the church that sent them. And this is why. When you send those 10 people out to that church plant in Kentucky, they get to see God's kingdom growth. They get to see God's people at work in areas that they don't usually get to to go see. They get to see a real church expanding and growing as people are added into the body of Christ. And then they come back and they bring all of that fire back to the mother church that, that they came from. Yeah. And they share that fire and that that fervor with the the mother church. And all of a sudden, your whole church is lit up because you just had 10 people come back on fire for the Lord, ready to talk about it. Man, let's go do stuff here in our community. It's good. It's it, to me. It always seems to benefit that sending church even more than it does the church planner. Do you think that that's a that's an important attitude to have before you go into a short term mission trip? Because you mentioned again last week that a lot of people will go gung ho, ready to change the world and win. You know. X city to, to Christ right. for this week, yeah. um, without realizing that like maybe it's them that need to be, you know, by them going on this short term trip, by them doing just sort of the mu- seemingly mundane things and helping another ministry operate, that they might be the ones who are encouraged and they might be the ones who who grow yeah. from this. I think it is because uh, the expectations we bring into those things are so important. Um, I can think of two two specific examples from my experience. Um, the first one is it was one of the first church plants that that my wife and I have have been able to actually work with on the ground, and it was in Canada. Um, we went up there with a group, and we helped this church planter up in Edmonton, Canada, which is very far north into Canada. Um, I don't know how much we helped them while we were there. I hope we did. I think we did. Um, but it, it, it pales in comparison to the fire that lit in me. That was years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm still just thinking about it. I'm ready to go just sell everything we have and move to Canada and help with a church plan up there. I just What God did through that trip for me and then what I've been able to share with others through that trip, um, I just think it's that benefit far outweighs anything we, are, we were actually able to tangibly do on the ground while we were there. Yeah. Um, but I would say the second thing, too, is when you're doing a short-term mission trip, and you're looking at um, what are we gonna what are we gonna accomplish while we're there? Uh, one of the church planners that we've worked with said that they they used to pray as a missions team was coming in to help them um, that their main prayer and their main focus was that God would call missionaries out of that group. Mm, nice for the same reasons I just described with Edmonton, Canada. God seems to use those opportunities to just light a fire that He does not allow to be extinguished in His church planters, yeah. and that's where you see these future church planters and missionaries and um, these these men and women that God raises up 
um, that's that's one of the means he uses to start that fire is those short term trips. Yeah. So I, it seems like a healthy attitude would that that would be a healthy attitude to have. You know, going in, not that like me, a little you know, a fourteen year old kid is gonna go to Africa and volunteer in an orphanage, and I'm gonna just rock the world for Christ, you know, doing that for a week, but that I'm being obedient in doing this and, and helping, but I'm also giving aid and assistance to the people who can, who are doing the mission there, doing the gospel ministry there, but, you know, might go into this thinking that, not that I well, have something to offer, but that, you know, the Lord has something to offer me. Well, and that's the danger, is when we go into, let's just say you have a, a week-long mission trip that we're going to be taking next year, and we do plan to take some mission trips as, as our church is going to take, um... But if you have if you have a group of people that you're going to take from your church on a short term mission trip, and you don't lay out these expectations and what God uh, may be willing to, uh, or may be uh, apt to accomplish through your mission trip, yeah. what you'll build is that unhealthy expectation from the mission trip. So people will get in their mind either a um, we're going to go to this town and lead the whole town to Christ in in four days or. I mean, usually it's less time than that. By the time you've got all the travel and everything worked out, you're only yeah. spending a couple actual days in ministry. So I'm going to change the world for Christ in those couple of days. Or you get the, the the misapprehension in their head that this is what church planning and missions work looks like. So yeah. when I came in and did a VBS, and I was on the ground actually working for three days, and then we went to the beach for the other three days, and then you yeah. know we had travel time, and then, of course, we had to yeah. go... Those three days, that's what missions work looks like, and that's not a good expectation either. So... I think it's vitally important, like, we wrap our head around what this is we're doing when we do it. Yeah. Now, what that's not to say is that it's a bad idea. I've gone back and forth on how good of an idea short-term mission trips are. I still think they're a good idea a lot of the time, but I think they're only a good idea if we do them for the right reasons. And you temper the expectations of your people beforehand. I mean, it takes a lot of pastoring. Does it sound like I'm being a wet blanket with that, like, tempering their... You know, I don't want, and I don't want somebody to think well, that. Like, I don't want to come in. You're asking the wrong person if you're being a wet blanket. But that's no, true. I, I think <laughs> shut if up. we had a logo, it would be a wet blanket <laughs> just laying on the floor. No, no, no but you're, Gideon's fleece. I think that's that's part of I mean, that's the pastoral role is to 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 tell your people not not the pastoral role isn't telling your people what to expect, but to to kind of illuminate this this big mystery box that is short term mission trips mm. where people have kind of put this. They've, they've put this thing in their mind, you know, kind of up on a pedestal about what mission trips should be. Like, I've seen a lot of pictures of people um, all around the world, you know, they're on a short-term mission trip, and they're they're standing in some country, they're standing in some sort of impoverished country, and, you know, that tagline for the, or the caption for this photo is, you know, I left my heart in blank, you know, right. whatever country. And, and, and then, you know, they post a bunch of pictures on social media uh, of themselves doing good things and and you know maybe talking to someone about the gospel but like it seems like their whole their whole idea of a mission trip is like instagrammable yeah. trip or like just this you know they they might and it might just be that people have a sense of adventure and wanderlust and they want to go to these far off places and kind of and they are a christian and they genuinely you know want to serve right. but they just have sort of a, a skewed idea and that might be because we're not like you said, well, that's or like I said, tempering the expectations. And, it, and it's also it's also just a bad it's a bad reason to want to do missions work if if you're looking at that missions work and your your primary motivation for that is I want to go visit some part of the world I've never been I want to go see the sites or even just see the people or whatever it might be yeah. um, I want to go there if that's your main motivation then it is a it is a bad idea for you to go on that mission trip you should yeah. be wanting to go for the right reasons that we've we've talked about that you want to be obedient to the call of Christ that you want to help the work of the kingdom that you want to reach 
the lost with the gospel, encourage the saints, but not just to go see new things. When when a uh, I think it's why that's why a lot of a lot of times it, it makes it so hard even to take pictures with people. Like I, I found myself being really I avoid getting pictures on mission trips. Oh, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to be that guy that's like, hey, look at me and I've grabbed somebody, you know, from the street in right. this mission trip and like, <laughs> look what I've done. Like yeah. it's almost like holding a fish up in a, you know, fishing photo or yeah. something. Well, it's it makes tourism, me feel... it's not missions. Right. And some people do those and they're doing them for the right reasons. They're just psyched they're on the mission field. They're sure. excited about what they're doing. They met somebody and they're like, hey, look at this. But oh man, it's so hard to to walk that line where you're you're doing it for the right reason, you're keeping those those first thing first. Um, a, there's a lot of really good articles warning against bad ways to do those short mission, short term mission trips. Yeah, uh, you you kind of mentioned one. Um, you talked about you know just taking the the kind of tourism photos. There's nothing wrong with if you're if you're if you happen to be helping a church plant that's in the shadow of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, you'd probably be yeah <laughs> you know, like go take a picture with the Eiffel Tower that's fine like but just you know be tasteful about those things because people see and people interpret the work of the church through what you're posting you're a representative of the church when you're on a mission trip you're not your own person when you're on the mission field right yeah. um i mean you're not your own person if well you're, you're an Christ. ambassador yes yeah you're an ambassador and yeah. we we need to keep that in focus but then a lot of mission teams will um this is a good example a lot of mission teams will get matching t-shirts when they go on the mission field um, I read a really good article by an indigenous church planner, somebody that was from a foreign country, was a church, was a pastor that God had raised up there, and he was planning a church, and he would have teams coming from the U.S. Um, it sends when you march in, and there's ten, there, you're ten deep with matching T-shirts on, <laughs> marching into an impoverished third world country. Yeah, um, there's no way you can convince those people you're not tourists. Yeah. You are there. We are not among you. Like, we are Americans, and we're going to show it by the way we've dressed. I'm here, and I'm, I'm stooping down to help you people, but really, we're setting ourselves apart. When you go into a third-world country, dress like a third-world person. Or Kentucky. Or Kentucky. Dude, you're going to get us censored in Kentucky. <laughs> Al Mohler will um, never invite us. Yeah, to, no, so if, you, if you go to a... If you go to a Anywhere on the mission field, you should want to you should want to be among those people. Sure. And if you if you think about it, this is no different than we do in our normal Christian walk. I want to be among our people that we have been called to serve here in North Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I have to dress you know exactly like it them. It does mean that someone has to take me hunting though. It does. So you can shoot that deer in the face. <laughs> so, yeah. What a horrifying episode that was. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. But you should want to be among those people and not removed or above those people yeah um, well so let's 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 end that with the short term but let, let's talk about when we think about because i called john michael a missionary and i know some people who i, I know several people who that, i mean probably i would say their their job is missionary yeah um because they have um kind of transplanted their lives to other parts of the world or the country and um you know that they're for all intents and purposes, that's that's their 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 one hundred percent of their effort is focused on mission work, not just like for a week or two, but like their lives are are kind of transplanted um, in a different place to plant churches or mm-hmm. you know to to share the gospel. How what is that? How does that look like? How do we define those people? What's a good example of of that kind of like? How do you define missionaries and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, like if if I'm going to call someone. So if I went to Timbuktu, you know, for a week and I passed out food and, and clothing, you wouldn't call me necessarily a missionary. Yeah. But if I moved there with my family, 
kind of being supported by the church, you would. And you right. would, so like who counts as a missionary? Yeah, yeah. It's to me the missionary thing is it's like one of those things where you know people will say, well, all Christians should be missionaries. Yeah. Um, but if but if everybody's a missionary, then nobody's a missionary. Yeah. You know, if we're all just missionaries, nobody's really a missionary. You know, some people are called to the pastorate. That doesn't mean that like the rest of Christians shouldn't study their Bibles or shouldn't right. pray to God. Like we're not saying that. We're just saying that, you know, God calls people to different things. When you read it in the scriptures, I mean, you think about the missionaries in the scriptures, and I think Paul's obviously the the most obvious example. You know, what did Paul do? Paul uh, went about making disciples by evangelizing uh, the lost, by pulling them together and teaching them the things that Christ has commanded, and, and that resulted in the fruit of churches yeah. uh, being planted. So when I think of missionary, I think of those things. Uh, are you are you making disciples? Part of making disciples means that when you leave that location, your goal should be to have Christians functioning as a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess so a hard it, and fast definition it's not, would be If that. I work for the Peace Corps, am I a missionary? Well, I mean, it... I, if I, I go... I know very little about the Peace well, Corps, but... Uh, well, the Peace Corps, I mean, it's, it's like, it's... it's, it's humanitarian relief okay yeah so if, if i were if i'm working for habitat for humanity am i, I am building houses the way for... the way we understand as a church mission work um is that missions work reflects those biblical things that i just defined so yeah. when we talk about wanting to send money to missions um we do uh i'm trying to think of a good just kind of baseline example. well you kind of hit on where i was going with this is what constitute is what constitutes his missions like just because someone lives in a foreign country doesn't mean they're a missionary. Or just because they're a Christian in a foreign country doesn't mean they're a missionary necessarily. Right. Because they're if they're not doing evangel evangelistic evangelistic disciple making church planning ministry, right? They're not a missionary. Right. If I if I if you if I'm sent on you know I, I, there's a conference for two weeks in uh, Costa Rica and I'm sent to a conference in Costa Rica for two weeks. If I'm not going there. Um, trying to make disciples by evangelizing and training and pulling them together into a local church body that I will leave when I when I leave. Well, that's it's just not missions work the way we would define it. I'm doing something probably hopefully good and godly, yeah, but I'm just yeah. not I'm not doing missions work. Um, the problem is is that there's a whole lot of things that that are counted as as missions work um, that do not reflect those ideals. Um, my mission work could be, I mean, like you brought up humanitarianism, for example. Um, there was there. There's been a couple natural disasters in the southern states where churches will gather together their members, will gather up several trailers full of water, foodstuffs, send them down there to help those people who are in desperate need. That is a good and a godly thing, but, you but it's not missions work. You know what I mean? It's funny so that like, you mentioned that because I was a part of two of those trips. Okay, there you go. That, yeah, that, that were at post Katrina. So, and, and and does that mean that they're like less in the eyes of God? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that like we wouldn't, nobody would think like, oh, we're going to do missions work. No, you'd say like, hey, we're going to do humanitarian work. Like, there's people that are you know starving down there. We're gonna go take them yeah. food and help. But it's such a fine, and I say it's a fine line. It's not really a fine line, but but if you're a if you're a Christian who has moved to another country for work or because you want to, maybe you want to move to, you know, East Asia or something like that, uh, and you live there and you are a Christian and you are sharing your faith and you are witnessing, that doesn't necessarily make you a missionary, does it? Are all Christians missionaries? Yeah, I know. It's That's just, the whole it's thing. Just you're so weird. Yeah, I know. 
um, when we talk about missionaries, we're talking about those things that, that we see reflected in, in the Bible when the Bible makes distinctions about missions work. The Bible talks about Paul going on missionary journeys. Um, now, I don't think any of us think that Paul came home and is like, you know, just messing around in his, you know, living room, not sharing the gospel when he's at home. And then all of a sudden he puts on this thing and goes and is a missionary. Um, I'm sure Paul was doing doing those things of making disciples and uh, training them in the things that Jesus commanded them and sharing the gospel. He was doing those things when he was home too. But then the Bible kind of makes this distinction of, well, then he went out um, and he gathered together believers with the purpose of planning these churches. And this is called missions work. Okay. That's so what... like, you know, does that make more sense? Like in that regard, yes, we're all missionaries, but like when we're talking about missions, we're talking about something a little more specific. But would, so I, I suppose what I was wondering is, would you say that missions is synonymous, not synonymous, but maybe like inseparable from church planning? I would say I would say that church planning should be the result of missions okay. work. Yes, yeah. um, I think that if you're carrying out the the command to go the, therefore and make disciples of all nations, that that will result in church planting. Because when you look at Scripture, you share the gospel with somebody, God saves them, they're added into the body of Christ. How does that body of Christ function? They gather together and they function as the body as a church. Um, scripture says that will happen if you're believers. You yeah. will obey this, and you will come together. So, um, yeah, I think I think you can't really separate the two because church planning is the result of disciple making. Yeah, good. I mean, that's what I kind of kind of getting at, and that's that really is the line though is the church planting thing because you can't say you, if you if you don't make that distinction, then you can't say or you can say that every Christian is technically a missionary, right? Um, but if and I don't want to. I don't want to just you know if somebody if somebody like that's their favorite phrase that like every Christian's a missionary and what they mean is like every Christian should be engaged in making disciples. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to just unduly what we're talking about. We're we're talking more about like church uh, direction. So like okay. when the church says we're going to do missions work, what yes, do we yes, what yes. do we include as missions work? And that's the kind of the criteria for that we have for supporting missionaries, right? Yeah. So like if you if you are at home and let I mean I'm. Just for example, you're at home, um, you're financially strapped. Um, maybe you've got like you know some physical uh, some physical ailments that you can't travel a whole lot. Uh, but you consider yourself a missionary because you share the gospel at work. Don't let me be a wet blanket on that. That's a good thing. And yes, I would say you're being a missionary where you can. But just know that when we're talking about church missions, we're trying to be a little more specific. Is all okay? Um, you know what I mean? Like we're not we're not trying to say you can't make disciples. Um, without being part of this process, we're just trying yeah. to say, like, when the church supports missions, what do we include? But I think it is an it is still an important distinction. It is still an important um, thing to talk about because I've heard churches, lots of churches, call everything a, a, a mission. Yeah. Call everyone a missionary. Say that, like, oh, our missionary in blank, our missionary here, and it's when you evaluate what that person is doing, what they are doing is a good and godly work. Yeah. But it's not. It seems just vaguely missional in some way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talk about these these short-term trips that are, like, vaguely missional, but but not really, like, you know, it's, the end goal isn't um, bringing together a body of believers, you know, in, in, a, in a church. Yeah. Um, and let's just, I mean, just to kind of push the envelope a little bit, I think, I think a, lot of the, a lot of the tension people might feel is when we're talking about parachurch ministries— yeah, um, there sure. is a lot of which what what to define that parachurch. Term? Yeah. yeah, like just non-church affiliated the ministries that function in and of themselves. They're not the function of a church. Um, so like you've got you know Operation 
Operation Santa Hat that is like its own little organization out here, and they partner with churches, but they don't answer to a church. They're not they're not members of a church that are functioning under that church's authority. They're just their own parachurch organization is what I mean. Sure. So if you have a parachurch organization that is not doing what we just defined as missions, it may be doing a really great thing. They may be um, they may be doing any number of very good things, but I'm just saying that we might not want to reckon those things as missions work if they're not resulting in uh, evangel or making disciples through evangelism and training, which results in plants of churches. Yeah, so I mean, to be a little pastoral here and and to kind of guide a little bit more explicitly, we might be referring to like Christian schools would m- might be considered like a okay, parish church. Good, yeah, that's a good example. Um, rehab facility, like Christian rehab, Christian like. Um, counseling ministries. Mm-hmm. So like there's, for example, there's a, a organization that we partner with called Life Choices. Right. Um, Life Choices tries to reach out to um, young mothers, especially in crisis, people that are that are having unexpected children, you know, not unexpected to God, but unexpected to them coming yeah. along and those, those type of things and trying to lead them to make good choices. Um, we partner with them, but we don't consider that missions because yeah, it doesn't yeah. claim to be missions. We think it's a good thing. We think it's a great and godly thing they're doing. We just don't think that that's missions. Right, right. Um, doesn't, that's, that's, not, that's not being polemic or, or you know making a judgment on them. It's just trying to be specific about what we mean. Because at the end of the day, if we say, hey, we, we put this much effort and money toward missions, we, we just want to make sure we're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not, a, it's not an indictment upon these ministries or saying that they're bad in any way. It's just defining what they are, mm. which, you know, like a, a, a Bible study ministry isn't a mission missions organization. It's a, you know, parachurch organization that creates Bible studies yeah. for churches. So now, that being said, I will be polemical against some mission, some things that pass as missions work that are not missions work. Like? Um, I don't want to name any by name, but I'll give you some examples. I get stacks of mail every week um, from different parachurch organizations uh, that are soliciting us to come and be a part of them. Um, most of them involve week and a half trips to the beach. Yeah, that's just yeah. the vast majority is come down here to the beach. Um, we're gonna we're gonna play on Panama City Beach for a week and a half. It's gonna cost an exorbitant amount of money, and halfway through we're gonna go witness to some drunk people, um, and we're gonna call this missions work. That's not missions work. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I I fear because they're sending me mail, it means they've been successful elsewhere. I, I fear for the churches that are getting suckered into this this mentality of I can do this quick one off event with no vision. We'll call it missions work, and I'll have a good week on the beach. Yeah. Um. We're wasting our time. Yeah. I think the one thing we didn't really talk about, um, and we might want to revisit this with uh with John Michael whenever we can get him in the the studio and talk about this but um there there a lot of missions work winds up being imperialist. Oh. Yeah, isn't that a great word? <laughs> imperialist. You mean like um, we go to colonize these places? Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> so like if you look at missions work over the over the over the centuries um, that was the big. That was the big problem 150 years ago. Just with, make them like us, right? So yeah. we're going to go in and we're going to plant a church. But what's really important is that they dress like us, that they learn our language, that they sing the same songs we sang, that their church building looks the same our church building looks. You you had an experience recently when you were in Mexico, right? With a with a there was a church in the community that you were in where they were. I think they were. Uh, in the same denomination or association, but that they believed that you had to dress a particular way. They had this sort of 
uh, Americanized version of like you must look like this and be like this in order to be a real Christian. So we yeah, can't associate. They were aligned with a different group actually, okay, okay. but yeah, no, they, they but they were essentially it was. It was everything about them from the way you had to dress, the songs you had to sing, the the way the building looked. Everything was reflecting American culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what they placed the greatest import in was this needs to look American. This is why I said earlier we don't want to wear T-shirts when we go to Africa. We don't want to wear matching T-shirts because what you have to remember is when we go into a, a foreign mission context especially, especially if it's foreign, um, they're going to be looking to us as a missionary, you said you used the word ambassador. Right. They're going to be looking to us and what we place value in. And what we want to make clear on those those type of things is, why are we there? We're there to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, if they sing songs that praise God and they sing them in a different language in a you know a beat that I'm unfamiliar with, that's not the important part, and that's not why we're there. Yeah. So, like I said, this is just that's a whole nother topic, and we can probably discuss that. You know, imperialism because imperialism never seems to go away in missions. Yeah, it happens on small levels, and it ha- like T-shirts, and it happens on big levels like church buildings. Yeah, and I, and I, and I can't. I honestly, I'll be really excited to talk to John Michael about it because he's seen that firsthand in the destructive nature of, and, and imperialism can can be more than just a. Uh, like kind of a a country's ideals or like an, a region's ideals, but it can be like a person's ideals. Yep. So like a a missionary goes and plants a church, and the church is built on his back, and then once he leaves, it just crumbles. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 rough. Yeah. <laughs> Im- Im- imperialism, and and you might be thinking of the same church I'm thinking of when when a huge mega church springs up around the personality of one person. Um, and then little satellite churches spring up that are, again, dependent on that one person, and then the one person um, is removed from the situation and everything crumbles. Yeah. That's imperialism. Yeah. It wasn't built on making disciples um, of Jesus Christ. It was right. built on something different. And that's, that's what we're talking about. That's why it's dangerous, and that's why we want to avoid it. Sure. I don't think we have a book to recommend today, do we? Let the Nations Be Glad. Let the Nations Be Glad by John Piper, available yeah. in the church lobby. What is missions? And on Amazon. Yeah. Um, what is missions um, in the Nine Marks series? Uh, Greg Gilbert edited. Really, I'm just going off the top of my head. I mean, you could, my favorite books on missions are, and these are dangerous because sometimes they're not verifiable, but I like the biographies, the autobiographies of like, you know. Can I recommend one? Go for it. Brushko? Yeah, I was going to, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Brushko, B-R-U-C-H-K-O, I believe. Yeah. Um, is a really neat story about a guy that seems to have done a lot of things wrong. Yeah. And I say that with all the love in the world, but like when you read the story, you're like, oh, wow, that's reckless. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, yeah. like, I would not recommend someone doing the things he did. And yet you see God just decide to use him anyway. Or, and and the, it's amazing. And uh, you can read like Elizabeth Elliott's autobiography. Yeah, and, um, that's a classic. The Tip of the Spear, I think, is the. Tip doc- of the Spear is amazing. Yeah. So, um, Listen, listen to missionaries, people who have kind of been in, been in it for you know a good long lifetime. Um, that's probably your best, your best bet when you want to do some reading on missions work because or the Book of Acts. Yeah, well, there's that too. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's that. I've been I've been in there in teaching for a couple of weeks, so it's just fresh on my mind. Yeah, no, the Book of Acts. That's I mean, that's every time someone from the International Mission Board, you know, comes to the seminary and talk, they just like they preach the Book of Acts. That's all they want to talk about is Acts because they're missionaries. But there's a lot of missions no, work in there. Yeah, that's good. Read read the Book of Acts, but but listen to people who have have practical experience with mission work. It's a, a lot of times it's much different than kind of the philosophical mindset of people who are sitting back, you know, in the States and kind of 
looking at it from a armchair quarterback. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. kind of armchair quarterbacking missions work. But absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a there's a lot of good resources. Yep, and hopefully we can do a follow up episode on this and kind of dive in a little deeper. We'll have to share this with him, and I I guarantee you, he's going to like call one of us and yell at us about something we said. So we'll just have to give him an opportunity. Well, if he does, (laughs) I hope he uses our email at gooddoctrinepodcast at gmail dot com or the Facebook page. Facebook page. How about that? Good Doctrine Podcast. Good Doctrine Podcast. You can interact with us. I do want to plug, or I'm not going to plug it. But we just got in our order for our hoodies, and so we've been kind of distributing them. Within one day, someone, and I know this is this is cheesy, this isn't missions work, but really it's super, super neat. A person has already been able to share the gospel because of, you know, hey, why are you wearing, what is good doctrine? Is that a band? And then she was able to share the gospel. And it's so encouraging. It's so amazing. That so, is awesome. Um, that is really encouraging. Buy our hoodies. Buy our hoodies. <laughs> well, you can't now because we're not doing oh, an yeah, order yeah. right now. But well. No, no, but, but that's pr- so cool. So if you is. have any stories like that, share them with us. Tell us, you know, Please. that's incredibly encouraging. Yeah. We're doing this podcast because we do want it to benefit God's church. Yes. Um, we want it to benefit the local church that we're a part of. Um, we want it to glorify God. So seriously, that was one of the most encouraging things I've heard all week. Yeah. I was I was happy. To hear I cried that. a little. Yeah. I do that, though. Yeah. But uh, until next time, we pray and we know that your good doctrine will establish good living. Good living.